Who you been talking to? Um. Not that I'm jealous. That sounded like a jealous person. <laughs> Who you been talking to? Hey, this is Tom with Solar Review. We are going to do a short check-in today with Boaz on the idea of growing up as an industry. Boaz and I had a previous chat on this topic, and you can read the transcript on Solar Review. Just Google Solar and R period E period view, Solar Review, and you'll find us. So please subscribe, rate us on iTunes, and without further ado, here's my chat with Boaz. Hey, Boaz. Thanks for joining me. My pleasure. So we've been talking a lot lately about this idea of growing up, growing up as an industry, the need to grow up as solar companies. So frame this out for me. Why do you think that the term growing up is an apt metaphor at this moment? So I think the industry is transitioning from developing to beginning to be mature. And there there are a few factors that kind of point out that we're at that inflection point for the industry. One is, even without the pending trade case, the growth rate in more mature states like California has slowed down. The second factor is that we've seen prices decline by about 70% over the last five or six years. We had a big price slide in 2012, and then another one in 2016 that have really made, helped make solar more mainstream, but also put a lot of pressure on businesses. And the third factor is that we're seeing less revolutionary change in business models and technology and more incremental change. So 10 years ago and five years ago when um, third-party ownership was becoming a really um, huge part of the residential market, that was a revolutionary change. Uh, When we saw microinverters and optimizers become a huge part of the market for residential. That was a revolutionary change. We're not seeing those new business models and those new technologies to the degree that that we were five years ago. So I think all three of those factors point to this is is a maturing point. And what that looks like for every business in the value chain, manufacturer, distributor, contractor, specialty provider, all of those businesses generate less revenue per watt less gross profit per watt, less gross profit per overhead dollar than they did five years ago. So there's pressure on all of these businesses to achieve profitability and sustainability in an industry with price pressure, margin pressure, and a declining growth rate. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what are we going to be seeing? Um, more and more, I think what we're going to be seeing is individual companies figuring out what they can be best at and just doing that well, as opposed to inventing a new way to be best at something entirely new, which is what we were seeing plenty of five years ago. You know, Solar City and Vivint and companies like that were really on the rise. They had completely different business models than the industry had seen before. So so I think there's this there's this compression happening. Even sales only companies or specialty players They're all needing to figure out, okay, I need to become more competitive and more profitable. How do I do that? And that's what we're calling growing up. Okay. So do you think we're entering into the adolescent period now? Um, I think adolescence is probably appropriate. Um, Mm -hmm. I think a mature industry is growing at two or 3% a year and doesn't have Mm. really much change. It's it's all about optimization uh, operationally. I mean, so yeah, I think adolescence is fair. 
we got our pants on now. Mm, yeah, thank God. Um, can you give me some other examples of pressures that contractors are feeling? You know, the, the weather in Q1 this year in California that caused, I think, 80% of construction days to be rained out um, for three months, uh, that was a growing up moment, too. There were plenty of contractors for whom that presented a huge amount of pressure. And, and we've seen the California market be pretty much flat this year, even without that weather factor. So, so yeah, I think the ITC is just another brick in the wall. But th- this really has been building for the last several years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, to put you on the spot, what should contractors be focusing on right now? I think a contractor has to understand their own unique strengths and weaknesses and address them, um, meaning play to your strengths and don't ignore your weaknesses either. Mm -hmm. So for example, I I met a contractor who is incredibly fast at installing really high quality systems, doesn't really have sales and marketing capabilities, and had struggled for a long time keeping their pipeline full because they weren't really selling a lot of jobs, but they could install really high quality systems. And in the last year, they've really shifted their focus to installing for other companies who were good at things that these guys were not. Um, So that's an example. Um, But certainly something like, you know, you talked about the need for efficiency improvements uh, across the board. Don't you think that that's a key component there? Yes, I think... A successful contractor has to be driving efficiency in their business, absolutely. Um, let me give you an example. For for us, and this isn't a contractor, but, but it's an example of kind of that aha, okay, what are we really great at? About two years ago, we added financing to our line card. We started offering system design through a partnership. We started offering permitting through a partnership. And those were all great services. And we didn't have huge uptake of them. We had some interest and and, and it helped some of our customers to be able to get those services through us. But at the end of the day, we realized that we were starting to market ourselves as we have all these services for you. And we were losing sight of, at our core, we're the hub of a supply chain between a manufacturer and a contractor. And if we can't market ourselves based on being great at that, then we have really missed the boat. And that really shifted our focus. And we still offer some of those ancillary services, mm-hmm. but, but we're not positioning based on them. We're positioning based on over the next few years, we're going to deliver on the most efficient supply chain not just in solar, but that we could possibly manifest. And we're going to work with our contractors and our vendors to do that. And that's a really different statement than we offer a wide array of services. We decided what we're going to be great at, and we're really investing a huge amount of energy and and resources in manifesting that. Okay. Well, other than figuring out what you're great at, is there another aspect of growing up that you want to talk about? I think the other important aspect is in all of our businesses, there are things that we haven't been doing in an ideal way the whole time we've been in business. And as the business has grown, we kind of put up with these kind of ankle biter issues. They can be personnel issues um, where you've kept a certain person along the whole time, or they can be process issues. And that's what we're, we're really seeing in our business is there, there are some processes that when they come up, it's like 
doing a science project every time. Mm-hmm. And some of these processes are even cross-functional. And we have to like have meetings about who owns this part of the process and who's accountable for that. And these are things that, that come up like every month or every quarter, having to roll out a price change or a product transition or something like that. And it's time we just start doing those things right every time. And I think mm-hmm. all of us in our businesses, when we look at growing up, need to look at, okay, what's the thing that we've been doing without our full attention that's wasting resources? And let's do it right. Let's flatten it out, do it right, do it the same way every time for crying out loud. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> those issues. Yeah. I think growing up means fixing those. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about books. You and I were talking about um, Good to Great, the Jim Collins book. Are you reading anything else right now that you think is appropriate to this idea of growing up? That's a great question. Let me look at my bookshelf, see what's sticking out. Oh, I just read um, a book by Michael Lewis who wrote Moneyball, mm. and I'm, I'm forgetting the mm-hmm. title of the book. It's at home. Yeah, The, uh, the Undoing Project. It's- yeah. Like, it's about how people make decisions. And the big takeaway for me, like, we like saying, I trust my gut and I have a gut feeling about this. But it, at the end of the day, there's no correlation between us having a gut feeling about something and, and making the right decision based on that um, and how important it is to be data driven. So there, there's definitely a factor for us in growing up that's, we've always been data driven, but holding ourselves accountable to that more, more people in the company looking at more of the right information more frequently absolutely is driving better decision making. Mm -hmm. I've been going back through some of the classics that I read in college or in high school, Mm -hmm. and I'm finding my perspective on them is so different than when I read them then. The the big example for in the last couple of years for me was Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. And I read that in college. Yeah. And when I read it again last year, it was like a completely different book for me. It's like a philosophical treatise. I was trying to read it like a novel. Um, oh, yeah. I remember really struggling around the idea of what is quality in that book. Um, quality is this thing that you, you know it's there, but you can never quite define it. Did, did you figure out what quality is? Did I figure it out? I mean, yeah. I... I read what Robert Persig came up with, and it certainly informed how I thought about quality in our business and in and gumption, mm. right? Mm-hmm. He writes a lot about gumption, which is just an awesome thing to try to define. Um, th- there is an interesting comment about quality that ties into the rest of the discussion about um, what makes contractors great, which is um, I-, I had one of our employees several years ago defined quality for me as clear expectations that are fulfilled. And, and if we think about it that way, if we tell our customer exactly what we're going to do and then do it to a T, then we have fulfilled quality. We ful- if we do it in the right amount of time with the right materials, um, et cetera, we, we, we fulfill quality. So I'm not recommending that anybody go out and write like a 20-page scope of work for their customer for a residential solar project. Um, But being precise about what quality means um, and and then fulfilling it um, is a great recipe for happy customers and referrals. Set clear expectations. Don't just do a good job. Set clear expectations, then do a good job. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we're all out of time. Thanks, Boaz. Thank you, Tom. Hope uh, this 
recording comes together as a cohesive entity. Yeah, let's uh, leave it on that note. I'll talk to you later, Boaz. Have a good evening. You too. Bye. Okay, that was our short chat with Boaz today. Make sure to check out our magazine, Solar Review. Just Google Solar and R period E period view, Solar Review. And please rate us and leave us a review on iTunes. Okay, see you next time.